The following podcast series was recorded between January and December of 2015. Originally hosted on the Horophilia Podcast Network, it has now transitioned to the Podcast Under the Stairs Collective. Myself and Andy Blockley would like to extend our gratitude once again to Jason Lloyd at the Horophilia Podcast Network for giving this podcast an opportunity to stay on that network for a couple of years and accumulate hundreds of downloads and great communication with legions of fans. The next instalment of the Doing the Nasty podcast looking at the DPP third tier movie list will start January 2020. Duncan McLeish will be joined by Mark Ball who will be replacing Andy Blockley on this podcast and will release one episode each month covering two films from the Tier 3 DPP video nasty list. But until that season drops, please enjoy these archives. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. And welcome to another episode of Doing the Nasty Podcast. This is episode number 12. I am one of your hosts, Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs. Joining me as always, my co-host with the most, Mr. Andy Blockley. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm good. I'm comfortable. I'm on my new electric recliner chair. Oh, nice. Awesome. Uh, So apart from dying of boredom a couple of times this week, watching them films. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, not not the great. Unfortunately, I feel that we have had some embarrassingly awesome episodes in the, in this kind of first half uh, of the the nasty list, the prosecuted list that we're doing just now. That we've had some really interesting lineups with movies. Yeah. That the, the law of averages dictates that we have to have a couple of really bad ones. And it's just um, a shame it's at the end rather than at the beginning because yeah. But next week's there. one. Next week's one kind of evens the scales. Next week's one's going to be phenomenal. So, Very strong. Yeah, I mean, I I think my issue is that there is not one movie at all in this lineup of three we're going to be talking about tonight that I can say has any kind of redeeming feature at all. I, I genuinely think all three of them are awful, that's and that's not awesome. a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not not a spoiler. I mean, I posted it on the page. Um, during the week that I genuinely thought that this is the worst lineup of movies we've had to do thus far. Yeah. That's not to say that we don't have things to talk about them. No. Plenty to talk about, but just a bit of a bummer, I think. I kinda I kinda hoped that at least one of these movies, like I'd I um I'd never seen Snuff before, but I know Snuff by reputation. Yeah. Um I'd never seen Night of the Demon before. I thought I had actually, but um, I hadn't. Um, I have seen SS Experiment Love Camp before though. Okay. Um, and I, I I will be upfront and honest. I actually watched it back when we did the previous Love Camp Seven. Oh yeah. Uh, I watched them both. Okay. Because I wasn't sure what one was what. Oh okay. 
So, yeah. So I don't know if you remember, I had to edit it out of that show, but on that show, I had made mention that I believed that the reason it was banned was because the front cover had a woman upside down on a crucifix with a swastika. Oh, right. That's yeah, I took, I took that out because that's not the right cover. That's the cover of this the tonight's movie. So that's um, I got confused last week. Um, I think <laughs> talking about the third movie, which was the uh, monkey one, mm-hmm. I said... Um, about editing some nudity in later on, and obviously that was the first film. <laughs> yeah, I just got confused. So yeah, easily done when you're watching kind of three movies that don't really stand out at all. It's <laughs> to get them all jumbled up, isn't it? At one point, I just went right. I'm f- I can't. I'm fucking sick of this. Get me 50 cc's of Hannibal stat. You pop that on. And that sorted me out. So that was yeah. Uh, that was amazing. It kind of renews your faith in humanity. Watching, even though it's probably the bleakest TV show in existence. That's uh, why it's my favourite. Yeah, I'm the same. It, it come back with. I mean, is there a show that's more kind of art house than that? Out there, I don't think there is. It's so art house. Oh, the way chipping about Hannibal. No, I was just, I was just saying that it, it flew by, didn't it? I was, I was like, wanted more. Yeah, I think I think the whole season, the way it's kind of lined up, um, and this is no spoiler because it's all on the internet. Um, from episode eight until thirteen, um, they're basically going to be no, 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 because I haven't seen anything. Yeah. Oh well, you you know about who they're introducing this season, though. Yeah, but do you know what? It's weird because they're in Hannibal territory now, as in the movie Hannibal, aren't they? Which is yeah, what's confusing. But uh, yeah, I mean, you told me about Red Dragon, but I've purposely yeah. been avoiding everything. Oh well, that well, I'm not. I'm not saying there's not like not spoilers as in terms of. I just know that from episode eight, that particular character is okay. going to be in it. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was a bit almost like a bit of a curveball because I thought I didn't realise it'd be in Hannibal territory. I thought they were literally going to do it in the order of the movie, so Hannibal would be about season five or six. Ah, see, see, because they've, they've already changed so many details that yeah. I would yeah. kind of throw things off, especially with, like, Chilton's character in the previous season, yeah. and... That's good, you know, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the, the, the great thing about this show is that, I think if you're going to do something like that, and we're going off on a huge tangent here because there's really nothing to merit to discuss in any of the three movies tonight, um... But I think the reason that that show works as well as it does is one, obviously, the people that are making the show have a real reverence for the source material. Yeah. They obviously enjoy the character of Hannibal. There's so um, much stuff, right, that I think I'm so glad I know, I'm so well-schooled on the other movies because it's just yeah. stuff that I notice that I just think, I wonder if anyone else is noticing that. Yeah, they yeah, use but, loads, even if it's down individual lines by characters that I know line. that someone has said in another movie. So Yeah, that's it. And they're not necessarily saying it to the same person, but they're saying the same lines. You know, just stuff about the, the um, oh, what was it? Is it the Capone Library or something they were talking about? Yeah. And then the thing about um, considering eating having his wife for dinner. Yeah. And just little yeah. things. I just think, oh, this is brilliant. This is like, because I've watched Hannibal and that so many times, I, re- I think I spot pretty much everything that comes out, like the little lines that they do and stuff. I had no idea you were recording. Right. Sorry. <laughs> That's not a problem. It was, it was very, that was Rachel again, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I, I just got really excited and wanted to say, oh. <laughs> Podcast bomb. Right, see you later, sorry. <laughs> see you in a bit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was, 
it's the show that I've been between that and the new season of True Detective those are the shows I've most been looking forward to this year and that opening episode once again didn't disappoint and I mean it's it didn't it didn't spark the ratings they were expecting it to do they were expecting it to kind of maintain it's three million I think it gets uh, towards the end of last season and it didn't do particularly well but I think the beauty of that show is I think it wins so many awards that they'll never really get rid of it until it finishes yeah do you know I find it so strange like with the ratings and stuff like because obviously it tells you how many viewers they they supposedly had and it's weird because it like drops off sometimes mid-season and then comes back to the end and I think I don't understand how you can do that I don't yeah. understand how you can dip in and out of something like Hannibal. For me, it's the most compelling, intriguing TV show I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, like obviously, we were speaking off air. Like, I fucked off um, Game of Thrones, and I will come back to that because I do enjoy it, but I've totally stopped watching Walking Dead. I've not really been watching Game of Thrones at all. Like, Hannibal, for me, is literally must-see television. If there's one show out of everything that I can't miss, it's this one. And I don't really understand why it's not more popular. Like, nobody I work with has even heard of it, let alone <laughs> watch it. And that's not really saying much. Um, but, like, I still can't believe it's not more popular. I think it's just... I, I mean, I think the show is... Some people just... I mean, I, I know myself, when I watched it, when it first started up, and I watched the first episode, I was lukewarm on it. Yeah. Just because you know, Anthony Hopkins in my mind was Hannibal Lecter and when exactly. you're confronted with Mads Mickles, you know, he, he brings a it takes a couple of episodes to get into your head that he he's Hannibal, but in my mind now he's Hannibal. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Even true. more so and I know it's sacrilege to say, um he's more Hannibal to me than Anthony Hopkins is. Out with Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, but I mean for me like I don't know it is a, an amazing movie Silence of the Lambs, but almost now I've seen Mads Mickles and um portrayal of Hannibal like in Silence of the Lambs he's almost a bit hammy uh, like he's chewing the scenery a little bit for me Anthony Hopkins you know well hello Clarice it's almost a bit too theatrical and even though I still love that movie I think in 20 years time you might look back on it and the Anthony Hopkins performance I don't think will hold up it was a different. I think it's a different. I mean, like, see if you look. If you ever watch Manhunter, and then you've got Brian Cox who plays Hannibal Lecter in yeah. Manhunter, and Brian Cox plays it very intense and very serious. And I mean, I I love his performance. I think actually, I think his performance is woefully underrated as Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Um, I think the, I think Hannibal's actions. In Silence of the Lambs is what makes the character transcend. Mm. You know what I mean? Because uh, there is something about him playing very hammy in that, and then you see him bite someone's face off. Um, you know what I mean? I think it's. I think that's a really clever juxtaposition because he is almost like a pantomime character. Yeah. But when he strikes, it's. It, you know, there's something sinister about the character, but to actually see, you you kind of think this is the guy who's locked up. All these like serial rapists and killers, and this is the guy who really this is this is a guy, and then you see yeah. his actions, and you're like, oh right. I, I mean, think don't get me wrong. Like I think Silence Lambs made an absolutely fucking incredible film, but it's weird because like Anthony Hopkins is Hannibal. He's mm-hmm. almost like this kind of weird asexual kind of guy, whereas yeah. like the you know the Hannibal in the TV series. You can totally. He's almost he's got like these social kind of skills. Yeah. So, like, you can understand why he'd be an incredibly attractive person to people. Like, people almost like warm to him, don't they? And almost yeah. like, you know, like magnetized to this guy. 
and that's a lot more believable, I think. Um, I think I think they've got the benefit as well of having. I think one of the reasons that I think it works as well is they've had the benefit to establish a character before the events that will get them locked up. If you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, of course. Which yeah. I think makes makes a huge difference. I think um, in terms of how he socially interacts with other people. Yeah. I mean, it was the only element of Red Dragon that I actually liked. Um, the remake of Manhunter is the the opening se- uh, segment of him sitting chatting to Will Graham just after his dinner party. Yeah. And it's the only time you really get to see him like properly interact with other people. I don't even in- include Hannibal because Hannibal's like a... Hannibal by then he's already playing off the fact that he's you know had the role in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. But I think, um, I think that's where the TV show has been really interesting is that it takes all the source material but it's kind of rewriting its own timeline with it mm. um, and that sometimes means that yes there'll be direct references to things that you know but at the other hand they will be introducing new ideas or things that are mentioned like in the passing like in there are certain stories that are mentioned throughout the three Anthony Hopkins movies you know about how how he you know dealt with particular people or how he how he chose his victims or whatnot yeah, that yeah. they've been able to really flesh out in the TV show, which has made it really interesting, in my yeah. opinion. I think it's yeah, I think it's it's a high point for me. I think um, it's about as good as um, that sort of genre of TV is ever really going to get. I think it is and yeah. until the next. Yeah. I mean, if I was if I was a guy that had been paid. To sit down and work at how to do a uh, American Psycho TV show, which they're developing at the moment, oh, I'd be looking at Hannibal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be, I'd be looking at basically take, taking the, the the established darkness of that show, but just set it in the eighties in a more yuppie environment, mm. um, and it would be perfect. You wouldn't need to really do that much else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, really, really enjoying that show more, more so than the three movies. I suppose we better tell you what they are uh, so tonight <laughs> we'll be reviewing <laughs> like 12 minutes into the show uh, we'll be reviewing 1980s Night of the Demon uh, that's not to be confused with the 1950s movie Night of the Demon or the American supernatural teen slasher movie Night of the Demons no. uh, we'll be following that up with a lovely review of uh, a rather controversial film from 1976 called Snuff Yep. And then our last Nazi exploitation sex movie of the prosecuted list yeah. in SS Experiment Camp or SS Experiment Love Camp uh, for, for those that want to be fully correct. And that was also from 1976. Um, a smorgasbord of um, shite tonight. <laughs> um, yep. I really can't stress enough how much I really how little fucks can be given by me to discuss these three movies but in the interest Andy Mm. of uh, completism and uh, dedication to the cause we have watched these three movies so you don't have to and I genuinely mean it this time please save yourself the time just skip these three movies from the list I know you're out there going but I want to watch all 72 movies yeah just pretend you've seen them if anyone asks you a question just quote us Exactly. skip them out don't That's switch off though do. keep listening yeah oh you need to listen <laughs> so you know what happens in them yeah but yeah it's uh, it's not going to be great and unfortunately I've pulled short straw uh, and I will be going first tonight oh no oh no Andy what have I done 
<laughs> I think we're going to take a short break just now. When we return, it's uh, our first movie review of episode number 12. It's Night of the Demon from 1980. You're going to hear promo for Johnny Krug, like I promised on the previous show. Every show now, Johnny Krug. Um, and a promo for a show on the Horophilia Podcast Network, which we are proud members of, exclusively. Um, and then you're going to hear some learned words from people maybe telling you why to give a fuck about this movie. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what the clip sounds like yet. Andy's not saying it. So, uh, oh yeah, also, yeah. Um, we, we, when we get to Snuff, I'm, we're going to uh, play a clip of Graham Bright. Oh, amazing. Being a knob. But, amazing. before that, it's a bit of Johnny, Johnny Krug. <laughs> We're going to be right back after this. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities? Then you've got the wrong show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com. Not to be confused with the 1957 Jacques Tournier movie of the same name, which of course is a classic of its kind. This is a low-budget American movie directed by James Wasson, which is all about Bigfoot, you know, the hairy monster of the boondocks. And this creature goes on the rampage and it goes ripping people's arms out and beating them to death with the soggy end, uh, shoving people's faces on hot plates. But the bit that gets talked about the most, well, in my household anyway, is the bit where this uh, biker stops beside the road for a pee and gets his wedding tackle hoisted off. Oh, brings tears to your eyes. It's not one of those movies that's ever going to live long in the memory, but it's pretty much a classic example of of low-grade, low-budget 80s slasher movies, a film that probably makes a better trailer than it does a movie. Those horror stories you heard about in the forest, they're true. They're all true. Officials found a camera with this film in it, but no trace of the people. We believe that there is a creature living in these mountains Possibly a close relative to man. We're already in Bigfoot territory, where all those people were killed. (laughs) Not far from here, a motorcyclist was found. There was no trace of the thing that killed him. And welcome back. So, first movie of tonight is uh, Night of the Demon from 1980. Um, the sole directorial effort by James C. Wasson. Um, and the synopsis is listed on IMDb. Oh, fuck my life. Uh, Professor Nugent and his students embark on a journey to locate Bigfoot, believed to be responsible for countless deaths. They disturb a black magic ritual and eventually uncover the truth about Bigfoot and his offspring. But who will believe them? Um, That, on paper, sounds really interesting. (laughs) Um, This movie has that, I think. There are some of those elements. Um, I will. I will be 
completely 100% upfront and honest about this movie. Not since Blood Feast have I laughed as much <laughs> at a movie. Yeah. And I know that that clip that we listened to um, for last week's show where the, the, the scholarly gentleman was talking about Mardi Gras Massacre and he said that that was quite possibly the worst put together movie nope. on the nasties list. No, I think Night of the Demon beats it. Yeah. Pretty it's, bad. It's really bad. So what we basically have is an opening sequence with uh, a gentleman in the hospital. He has been attacked and yeah. he recounts the story of how he ends up in hospital. And this story is basically, like it said in the synopsis, a professor and his students embarking on a trip into the woods to try and locate Bigfoot. Um, what we get is <laughs> a, a series of some of the worst acted scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> um, probably one of the worst creatures I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've seen Winter Beast. Right, Bo made me watch Winter Beast. Oh yeah, and uh, the the effects on Winter Beast um, look like uh, kind of Lucas Art styled effects in comparison to Night of the Demon, which yeah, the, the it, it genuinely looks like. Remember that killer from Don't Go in the Woods, the kind of <laughs> ragtag. Yeah, yeah, guy that just looked like he was wearing a kind of patchwork quilt of shite uh, yeah. well it kind of looks like what they've done is they've taken that outfit off him and then dirtied it up like yeah, a bit more that outfit off him and popped it on one of the Jackson 5 yeah oh my god so yeah so Bigfoot in this movie um, who we don't implicitly see Bigfoot's face until the end but we do see a lot of terrible material flailing in the wind as he runs after people oh god, and yeah. the worst glove claw glove I've ever seen in my entire life as he slowly stalks killing people um, for no apparent reason really it's like I I have a couple of things right obviously we're trying to I'm trying to insert some logic here if Bigfoot killed as many people as they're trying to insinuate that he did just now everyone would know that Bigfoot existed yeah You'd just be like, see that woods there? There's a Bigfoot in there. Like Jason Voorhees. Yeah, everyone that goes... Well, that's that was the thing about this movie. I don't... See, when I was watching this movie, this, to me, is not a creature feature. This, to me, has all the tropes, all the tropes, the, the, the tropes that we understand, know and love, of a slasher movie. Yeah. Bigfoot in this movie is a slasher. This is a slasher Bigfoot. He is basically Jason Voorhees. He's running about the woods, Um killing teens uh, and some of them are having sex very unconvincing sex mm. may I add yeah. uh, there is a castration sequence which I honestly like the coffee was coming out my nose <laughs> I almost I almost died Andy I almost died yeah. I couldn't I couldn't breathe I've never I've never seen anything so fucking awful in my entire life uh, and once again awful in the context of poorly executed Um the story's just awful. I, I, I mean, at one point, there's a guy who is telling the story, who in the story is telling a story. It becomes like Inception. This is like an Inception. <laughs> it does. It's it back in and out. Then yeah, it's an, up and then back again. It's like, yeah. I mean, where are we now? What the, what's going on? <laughs> it's an Inception Bigfoot slasher movie. Um, and that makes it sound like something you would want to check out. And I can't stress enough how much you must avoid this movie like the plague. I've posted it to the page. Um, 
I, I, I'm taking no responsibility if you hit play. I know Andy's not taking any responsibility. I just think it's an awful movie. Do you um, know why it's on the list? Tell me, please tell me why this movie is on the list. Because the distributors wrote, Warning, this film contains scenes of extreme and explicit violence. <laughs> That's the only reason it's on there. Which is not a reason to prosecute a movie because of something that someone's popped on the front just to make people buy it. Uh, could they not put something like this warning? This movie contains extreme and graphic shite. Board, uh, <laughs> use a board coma. If yeah. Do not do not operate heavy uh, heavy machinery when watching this. Yeah. So it's just it's really what, come on. You watched it. You watched it before I did. I watched this one last night, yeah. and you'd, you'd kind of come back to me. You'd already told... I think your message said, watching Night of the Demon, fucking hell. Um, and I was like, oh, right. <laughs> that doesn't bode well. Uh, what did you think? Right. It starts off with like a bit of quite promising, almost found footage, doesn't it? It started yeah. off a bit like how Ware starts off. Uh-huh. And I thought, all right, here we go. And then it had like a, quite a cool scene of um, like a, the, the creature's footprint in the ground... And then just blood, like filling up the footprint. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I like that as well. Why? Oh, I see. This might be good. This. That was about thirty seconds in. It then just dramatically goes downhill from there. Like there is no real. There's, there's nothing. Nothing good about this movie. Like the man gets his penis ripped off. Various people get killed. Yes. Like, in you know by this bigfoot thing. You've got a woman called Crazy Wanda. Uh, <laughs> She gets raped by the Bigfoot. And I thought, if Bigfoot equals Big Knob, she's in trouble. Yeah, she's not going to be walking well. She then gets pregnant and has a Bigfoot baby. Yep. Which is weird. Uh, I don't really know why that happens. I think her dad thinks it's some kind of demon, but he lets her have the baby. Is there some kind of weird cult or something? Like, Like, I can't really work it out. I think well, I think this is what this this black magic thing that they keep kind of like some sort of black magic ritual, um, which they come across. But to me, it's so poorly executed that I mean, it doesn't it doesn't implicitly or explicitly, you know, give you the indication that this is like some organised black magic church or anything like that. Yeah. It genuinely just looks like a ragtag group of people that have bumped into each other and are just muttering. It's really fucking bad. I mean, like, the people... Are they... Like, the campers, are they supposed to be, like, Bigfoot? Looking for Bigfoot? Yes. All right, because when, like, they saw a footprint and one of them went, go and take a plaster cast of it, I thought, who takes plaster of Paris with him on a camping trip? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, and she was in heeled boots, which I thought is stupid. Doesn't like you would not be walking through the woods in heeled boots. Well, what about the 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 girl, the girl scout, the two girl scouts who clearly were in their late twenties? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be noticing stuff like this if the film's good. So obviously, you're gonna pick, yeah. you know, you're gonna pick these ridiculous bits. Um, oh, I'm trying to think what else that we get Bigfoot vision. Oh, Bigfoot Vision is like the Terminator minus the technological jargon that comes across. Well, when I, kept first, waiting. I wasn't sure if it was just YouTube glitching when it first happened. <laughs> no, it's Bigfoot Vision. I kept, Bigfoot I kept Bigfoot expecting them. Yeah, I kept, I kept expecting it to, you know, want to say something to someone and scroll down the list of insults to settle on "fuck you, asshole." Um, 
but you know, it, it didn't happen. Sadly, it was not meant to be. Um, why does the guy at the end get certified criminally insane? Did they think he'd done all the murders? Oh, I, th- I think it is more believable to think that people have went missing and this man has injured himself than it is to believe that there is a creature roaming out there killing people. And I mean, don't even get me started. Like, think about what happens to him at the end of the movie, right? At the end of the movie, he get his face is burned. Like, badly, badly burned. Yeah. And then when we cut back to him, he's got a bandage round his mouth. And I'm like that. No, the burns were at the top of your head. Yeah. So <laughs> was like when he's talking, there's like a little gap in the bandages in his neck and it looks like yeah. he's got a mouth where his neck is. Yeah. It's mental. I don't know if that was just an accident. Yeah. Probably. I think this whole movie's an accident, Andy. And what's criminally insane mean, anyway? Does that, like... What? Yeah, if he's, if he's criminally insane, the they believe that he has done, done the murders. Right, so through no fault of his own, he's now stuck in that mental hospital for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yes, essentially. But, but we're men, we're supposed to care? No. Couldn't give a shit. That's it. I can't even think what else. It's just, it's so rubbish. <laughs> it really is. It is one of, it's one of the worst movies that we've sat through, I think. And it's going to take a special kind of ineptitude to make a movie that's going to top this as one of the worst movies. I want to stress, though, I have not laughed as much. I, I, I To me, on a... It's it's not so bad, it's good. I, I hate that term anyway. But this movie is so bad, it's laughably bad. Yeah. I mean, like, laughably bad. I honestly have... I can't remember the last time, maybe out with Blood Feast, that I have laughed at a movie which is not playing itself for laughs. No. I could not... Every sequence, every time one of them opened their mouths and delivered one of the most inconceivable sentences any human being would ever utter to another human being, I laughed. And also, right, there's like a bit where they obviously they want to take photographs of this Bigfoot, they want some footage. The guy inside the house grabs his camera and he just starts like shooting pictures of the walls and the floor and the ceiling. I thought, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? What, like that. He's acting, Andy. He's acting. <laughs> It's mental, like the Bigfoot is literally shooting everywhere but where the Bigfoot is. Yeah. It's so bizarre, and I just think, why do, like, nothing makes sense in this film mm. at all. It's just, it's awful. When, it's like, a bad, yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad, bad movie. It's, it has aspirations of being like a kind of, a kind of almost on some level, I think it's trying to play off the, the kind of 70s, um, nature gone amok sort of movies, you know, like your grizzlies or your prophecies or, or something like that, um, food of the gods, that sort of thing. But it's it's like they've melded it with like like a slasher template and then just made it really fucking stupid, really dumb, and then just shot it shitly. And that's kind of what you're left with this movie. Um, I, I think, like I said at the start, we're going to fly through. This is not going to be a long episode. There's really not a lot to talk about this movie. There's not, there's, I could take you scene by scene and tell you how ridiculous it is, but... I mean, the main the thing is, it is not that it, the main problem is not how shit the movie is, because there's millions of shit movies out there. Like The issue is the fact that this is on the prosecuted list. Yeah, which is... But it blows my... We've said it before. How can a movie... How can a movie like Evil Dead not be on the prosecuted list, but this one made it? 
it's unbelievable. Like it's it's mental. That's that's what's mental about this film because in any other situation like this film, you would just switch it off. But obviously, we're watching it for this review. But like you, you're watching the film, trying to find. I mean, the only thing I can think there's a there is a, a, a there's a cock in it that you do see that guy's cock in its full glory yes. before he gets ripped off. I mean, you think maybe that's the reason it's on the list. So you know, you, you're clutching it, trying to find a reason why people would have sat down and watched this. I mean, and before I talk about snuff, I'm going to talk about basically the, the kind of the procedure that these films yeah. would have gone through. Um, and that's what's more mind-blowing. I mean, I'll come on to it now because obviously we're going to talk about snuff in a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is kind of mentioned in the around the clip that we're going to play of Graham Brighton. These were all um, played in the House of Commons, these movies. And according to Graham Bright, basically everyone apparently walked out in disgust. Now, I can't imagine they watched every single film the way we're sitting through them. I imagine they oh, definitely not. found the worst bits, played those. I mean, and obviously, so everything you watch is completely out of context because you've probably just seen this and man's cock get ripped off and then something else and then it attacks, you know, slash someone's face open and stuff. <clears throat> and that's probably what they saw. But he reckons that in the House of Commons, literally everybody stormed out, disgusted. People were being sick. Um, he reckons the only people that were left at the end were people that were literally his mates because they wanted to support him. But he said, if it wasn't for that, I would have been sitting there watching these films on my own. And I think people were being sick. Like, shut up. <laughs> You're a nut. And this is him now. Like, this footage on this documentary is not him 20 years ago saying this. This is him now. Yeah. When that film was, you know, he's almost retelling it with like a whimsical smile on his face, like it was brilliant. He's going, oh yeah, they, yeah, those were the days and all this. Like, and he reckons that um, a lot of the MPs that stormed out and wouldn't watch it later on pretended they were there because it was almost like a badge of honour that you sat through watching them all. Yeah. You nerds, you fucking nerds. Like, there's no badge of honour in sitting watching that stuff. Like, if you if you fucked off there because you were so horrified by it. It just shows how out of touch with the reality you all are. Yeah, it's definitely. Insane. And this is just a prime example out of everything that we've watched so far. This is one of the ones where you just think, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> this is people that are in charge of our, of our country. This is people that make big decisions about the way the country's run. Can't even make a decision, you know, that you know they, they think of film. And, and especially Snuff, he thought was genuine. So I was... I, the, the more I've been kind of, the further we've went on with these shows, um, the more I'm starting to think that like we've already said it before. Some of these movies are only infamous because they made the list. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the only reason people know their names. In any other scenario, they'd be lost to the you know, the void of like yeah, this would be on YouTube. Movies. This would not be yeah. on YouTube if it wasn't a video nasty. That's the exactly it's on there. Yeah, um, but I kind of, I, I kind of, the more like we've went on with them, the more I'm starting to think that maybe the filmmakers never intended them. Like these filmmakers never just made a film because they could make a film. Yeah, never intended it to be like catapulted to a large audience. That's the only reason. I, it's the only reason I can think of is this guy's made this movie as a laugh. Yeah, this guy's um, made the movie as a laugh, and the, I think Astro is the um, distributors. They're the ones. They've been blazing the front with this yeah. warning, obviously, as a marketing ploy. You know, the, the filmmakers are nothing to do with that. Obviously, the distributors are going to be a completely separate entity. So, yeah, this guy's just gone off and made a film. I mean, 
never in his wildest dreams would he have probably thought that this is going to make you know uh, uh, the most famous video list in history. He, yeah. But he couldn't believe his fucking luck, really. Yeah, yeah. I'd say blows my mind. Right. Um. Let's let's grade this and then uh, move on to the more fascinating topic. Yeah. Of uh, <laughs> what this this dickhead MP said and. Um, what we actually make of the movie snuff, mm. but uh, yeah. So to me, this is there is a cop getting ripped off, so it, we can't case dismiss it. No. I don't think. So it's a slap on the wrist, certainly. It should never have been on the list. It, it is so, it's so inept that it couldn't make a list. So yeah. So that's my opinion. What about yourself? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm going to give it a slap on the wrist because it's got a, it's got a cop being ripped off. It's got a rape, a big yeah. rape. Um, yeah, that's that's our rate for the show, by the way. There is, although we have more rape later on. That's our, you know, our rate for the show. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like we've already hit our rape quota on the shittest movie on this fucking first half of this list. Yeah, the, even the, like the the movie was shit enough, and then they put a rape in it as well. Well played, filmmakers. Well played. Thanks. Thanks. So no, it, it it should never have been on the list. I mean, this is one of the ones that just like it's insane. It is insane that this that a group of MPs or a jury or whatever sat around and decided, oh god, yeah, this is you know nobody can watch this. This is going to corrupt the minds of our youth. Insane. So yeah, that's uh, let, let's let's fucking move on from this. Terrible. Yes, right. It's short short break. I think Andy. I think yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll take a very short break just now. When we come back, Andy is going to be leading us on the charge uh, to discuss. One of the most controversial movies ever made. That blows my mind for saying that. Is 1976's Snuff. And we're going to discuss that right after this. I'm Cootie. And my name is X. We're the hosts of Kiss the Goat. Now this has nothing to do with farming or bestiality. In fact, there seems to be a little confusion about what Kiss the Goat is precisely about. Well, first and foremost, it's a company show. No. First and foremost, it's about devil movies, from the ridiculous to the sublime. Uh, Right, but there's also a drinking game on every episode. Well, yeah, okay, but there's also a news segment on each show detailing the weird battle between good and evil. Okay, but there are also a lot of running gags. Well... Yeah, but we also answer any and all questions from our listeners, and sometimes that gets pretty deep. But there are also terrible puns, and foul language, and a hefty dose of irreverence and light-hearted blasphemy. (laughs) There is that. Well, I think it's safe to say that there's nothing quite like Kiss the Goat anywhere else out there. Yeah, we don't even know what it's about, and we created the damn thing. <laughs> so join us, won't you, on Kiss the Goat, exclusively on the Horrorphilia Network. We make evil fun. Or we make fun evil. We we don't know. Right, this is the the yeah uh, uh, the, the Antichrist in a video box here. Snuff, uh, one of the most notorious of the titles on the the 
video nasties list, utterly uninteresting, uh, without merit, uh, and totally ridiculous. Even in the 1970s, it couldn't get a theatrical grindhouse release in America. So um, Alan Shackleton, the distributor, did this thing of shooting an extra scene which purported to show the on-camera murder of one of the actresses as a depiction of the making of a snuff movie. The, the one aspect I find funny is the idea that a snuff movie would have a, a full crew and a continuity girl taking notes, saying, you know, well, when you do the reverse shot, make sure the entrails are in this position or it won't cut together properly. Uh, but she gets excited and starts holding the victim down. Uh, it has no end credits because, of course, you know, all these people would be arrested if it, if it came to light. They originally said they were only going to put it out for a month because they knew that it was going to be controversial, but their lawyer kind of advised them not to do it. Uh, and so after they sent out the the preliminary copies, they actually took trade ads out saying, no, actually, we're, we're not going to release this after all, um, and, and backslid completely and, and essentially buried it. Bootleggers, however, got hold of this and put it out with a blankish sleeve, again trying to hype up the suggestion that this showed a real, actual murder. And it then became as ridiculously controversial here as it was in America. It was sort of hauled in, and many, many press stories about video nasties would claim that they included so-called snuff films, actual films of people being murdered as a, a form of, of pornography. Uh, and it always turned out to be this or Cannibal Holocaust, you know, films which are obviously fictional and have a fictional context and special effects and proper actors and stuff like that. Warning, you are about to see scenes of a film said to be the most controversial in the history of motion pictures. A movie they said could never be shown. In fact, you have read the headlines across the newspapers of this country and the world, and you have heard the news. This is the movie that could only have been made in South America, where life is cheap. It will shock you and astound you. It is not meant for weak hearts or weak stomachs. Because of the highly controversial and violent nature of this movie, we are only able to show you some selected, edited scenes at this time. But the complete, unexpurgated, unedited, uncensored version will be coming soon to this theater. Ladies and gentlemen, the bloodiest thing that ever happened in front of a camera. Snuff. And welcome back. So, movie number two, and probably like Duncan was just saying, is one of the most famous movies on the list. Um, this is Snuff, uh, USA, 1976. Um, we don't normally talk about IMDb ratings, but just for the record, this is a 2.8. Pretty, pretty <laughs> bad. Um, also known as El Angel de la Merz, which sounds like Angel of Death to me. Um, also known as Slaughter, also known as American Cannibal. Don't know why, there's no cannibalism in it. Um, released May 82, added to the list in July 83. Now, this is famous. Um, I'll, I'll kind of go through the plot first and then I'll kind of say why it's famous. It will make sense when I get to the, kind of the end of my sort of plot synopsis. Movie opens up with a bit of Steppenwolf, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Get your motor running. Um, then two women moaning about their friend who seems to have stolen their cocaine. Um, Initially, I thought the mates were just messing around until one of them actually shoots her. 
Um, and then puts a leg in, like her feet in leg stocks. I thought, what is this, like the 1800s? What's going on here? And then, like, in a ridiculous attempt to sexualise the movie at the earliest possible opportunity, um, we're treated to the captive woman being tortured, um, but she's making noises like she's getting the best oral sex she's ever had. Um, the man, who I think is meant to be the boss, um, appears to speak to her telepathically. Did you get that? Yes, that's what um, I've got as well. And then that's your opener. So that's, so that's kind of the, the opening crack. And then we just get introduced to women. Um, the reason I'm racing through this so fast will make it will become clear at the end. Um, woman dressed like Sherlock Holmes, murders a fella in a public bathroom. Um, we get loads of different people um, getting stabbed in the back by women. I don't mean betrayed, I mean literally stabbed in the back. Um, we then meet an actress and her agent. He seems to think she'll do anything for a, for a film. She doesn't seem to agree. Um, at this point, Duncan, I was thinking, I'm really glad this is only an hour 20, because this is... That's, yeah. Anyway. Um, then there's like a bunch of kind of sort of convoluted, complicated relationships. She's shagging him, but she's in love with someone else. There's like a Jim Morrison cult leader who's got three women on the go. Couldn't care less about any of them. And if you're paying attention to the plot, because you don't need to, the final shot of this movie basically renders the last hour and 15 minutes completely redundant because all of a sudden the director shouts, cut, everyone's an actor that we've just been seeing, so everything you've just watched is completely irrelevant and then we get basically the film crew keep running while the director decides just to kill the actress seemingly for real, um, which is obviously why it causes this film to be such a so famous because um, this was apparently you know obviously it was fake but people thought this was real people thought this was like a you know cinema verite sort of style where they we're apparently watching a film being made but then because the cameras keep running this psychopathic director kills one of the women for real and people thought that was really happening I don't know you know why people thought that but people were supposedly conned into thinking, oh my God, they've left the cameras running and they didn't realise and then we've just seen a murder really happen. Yeah. What? No, we haven't. Like, it's the most unconvincing. I mean, they get like a jigsaw and they cut her hand off and then like, he pulls out her intestines. He's like holding them in his hands and he just kind of screams and the film ends. And I just thought, I don't understand what I've just watched because... The entire plot and everything that I've been following, thinking, all right, where's this going? It's nothing to do with anything. It's just the setup. We could have literally been sat through 15 minutes of anything. It could have been the Night of the Demon that we watched, and they shouted cut, and then they killed someone. It's fucking mental. <laughs> like, the whole setup is just literally so they can call cut and, and trick us into thinking that we're watching a real murder. It's, it, I don't get like, I don't understand. I don't understand if it helped for it helped me, Duncan. What? Well, as as the like the whole movie is a gimmick. That's that's basically what the the whole the whole setup for this movie is the gimmick. If you look at the trailer for this movie, as soon as it you know as soon as they start talking about it, the big spiel at the beginning is that you know they've hired these four actresses who are not aware that they're going to be recording this stuff movie, and this movie has been shot in South America because they could not shoot these things in America and get away with the violent actions that are put on screen, i.e. the deaths. Yeah. Um, 
so that's I mean the the marketing campaign for this movie is incredible. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost Blair Witch. It and is its style of marketing. Who's believing that they're they're really going to release someone of an actual murder being committed? Like I don't. It harks, it, it harks back to like Orson Welles and fucking War of the Worlds and all that. It's like who's what? yeah, but I, I, those people that believed that three teenagers went missing in a set of woods in nineteen ninety six when they saw that movie in nineteen ninety nine. So. It, it's, it's all to do with, I mean, the, I don't think for one second people that make these movies expect everyone to believe. You said you work beside a woman that whenever she reads the words based on a true story, she believes it really happened. The, the, you know, there are, <laughs> yeah, there are people out there that are gullible and will fall for this shit. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's just a very, very clever marketing campaign. Unfortunately, the marketing campaign, which is, like I say, well ahead of its time and incredibly clever, um, doesn't equal the sum of the actual parts of the movie, which is a poorly shot, poorly written, um, poorly acted movie with no believable gore at all in it. No, but that's um, the thing, isn't it? Like they could have, it could have been a really good missed opportunity where because the gore at the end is just as shit as the gore in the rest of the film. There's nothing to separate it. Whereas if they had have gone really gritty and convincing, you know that it kind of could have worked. But because they went so over overboard with tearing her intestines out, it just looked like I don't know someone had stuffed a load of socks full of jelly and blood and shit. Like nobody's convinced, are they? But that's yeah. but that is obviously the thing that we have to come on to with Graham Bright. He was absolutely convinced that this was real. This was all over the news. This was front page news in every newspaper. Because mm-hmm. this movie was not called Snuff. Right, the, the opening, the thing of like slaughter is the first hour and fifteen minutes. Snuff is just the five minutes that they insert in at the end. Yeah. To convince everyone that you've just seen somebody getting murdered because they forgot to switch the cameras off because it, it's almost like a film crew filming a film crew, isn't it? Yeah. And we get to see the murder, but you know, if the, obviously we'll play the clip now. Graham Bright talking about this and Graham Bright is about to tell us that he's just witnessed a murder. Those who trade in this filth are in the same class as peddlers of heroin and cocaine. They are murderers who are destroying the physical and mental health of many young people and they are bringing such people to degradation and premature death. I made a compilation of what I considered was the material that I felt was likely to deprave and corrupt. And it was with that material that I showed it to Graham Bright. So I decided to have a look at it. I hadn't decided that's what I wanted to do. I decided to have a look at Video Nasties. And um, the uh, people at Scotland Yard had got a lot of these things. And I was horrified when I saw what we were talking about. Yeah, I did watch some of the nasties and they weren't silly, they were just obscene. Um, I think they were very dangerous. There were lots of stories about the way they were produced, some of them produced in South America. At the time, there were stories that, you know, people were actually murdered for real on video. And I have no doubt, having watched those through with people at um, Scotland Yard and others, that that was what, exactly what was happening. And we showed it in the House of Commons. And I said, so if you want to leave, please leave. No one's going to think any worse of you. And of course, there was lots of shit sort of comments about who's bringing the ice creams around and things, you know. 
And it started, and within three or four minutes, people were leaving. You had members of Parliament being physically sick, having looked at them. And literally at the end of the showing, the only people left were my friends who wanted to support me. Um, but the interesting thing was, around the corridors the next day, everybody said they'd been, because it was a sort of sign that you'd actually seen them. And from then onwards, you know, people knew what I was doing, and I had massive support right across the spectrum from all parties. I mean, the Prime Minister made it quite clear yesterday that she was behind the bill and that the government was behind the bill and that she wanted the bill to pass through the House as rapidly as possible. <laughs> Tag it. There's been a murder. <laughs> no, there hasn't, Graham. There hasn't, mate. And if you've ever seen a movie in your life, which uh, you can't have done, can you? How can this guy have ever watched a film and then go, yeah, that's, that's totally real? Like, the acting is terrible in... Like I say, like the last five minutes could have been really brutal and gruesome and, and gritty and realistic. And I might have been on board with it. And obviously you're not going to be conned by it, but you might have at least been able to look back and go, yeah, I can understand why people were tricked. But you yeah. can't understand, can you, why people are tricked? It's, yeah, I mean, even... But the thing I think the clip shows is even educated people were tricked. I think it plays it plays on a naivety that people had about. I mean, th- these sort of things are incredibly difficult to do n- nowadays because we have the world at a couple of clicks of a mouse. Yeah, and we know everything about everything. We know the twists for movies before the movie's out. We know, you know, how people, you know, you can jump on YouTube and see how special effects are done. Yeah. You know, it's like we, the, the mystery and the intrigue of how to to make a movie is, is long since gone. And the, the, the idea of selling a movie on a gimmick has been has been a staple since movies started, you know, to, since, since movies first became you know, into being, they're all based, I mean, I, I love, there's a, there's a really good, um, uh, there was a really good programme that came out uh, a fair few years ago now, maybe about a decade ago, which counted down the top 100 scariest moments, okay. as selected by British audience members, and yeah. at number 100 on that list, is considered the first clip that genuinely scared audiences, and it's a train pulling into a station. Right. But because the train's coming towards the screen, people started running away because they thought the train was going to come through the screen. <laughs> wow. Because they'd never seen anything like it in their lives, you know what I mean? So, I mean, gimmicks have always been used for movies. Yeah. Uh, William Castle, famous, famous filmmaker, um, was all about him having some, you know, the tingler with the electrified seats, uh, oh, vomit yeah. bags that you would hand out to people, Um you know, all these things are very much the, you know, the, the way to get people into the theatre, into the drive through Yeah, I mean, you know, the outside the theatre, they hired protesters. Yeah. Um, and and then real protesters joined them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> which, which is brilliant. It's a bit I, like, um, have you ever heard the thing where apparently, like, if you just start talking into a, into a post box, like where you uh-huh. post your letters in town... You can just convince like a massive group of people that someone's stuck in there. Or I, I, you, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, or if you like stand at the bottom, uh, just like stand in town and point to a building, like two of you, just keep pointing. Eventually, you'll have a crew of like fifty people, like all just standing looking at what you're pointing at, even though there's nothing there. You, yeah, like, it's the hive. Me- it's the hive mentality. It's yeah. the hive mind of people not wanting to be on the outside of the hive mind. So if people are telling you. 
you know, this this really happened and it's the most shocking thing. People then start to believe what they generally wouldn't believe before. Um and I I think that's that's the whole point of this movie. Um as a kind of social experiment, I think it's I mean, the fact that people are still putting this movie on the most extreme movies list nowadays. I mean, check them out. Type in most extreme movies ever made. Snuff will make that list for no reason at all, other than I had a really clever marketing campaign and that is like I say on some level you need to respect the movie because of that because the, the marketing campaign for this movie is ensured that one it made the nasty list but one it's just it has a degree of reverence of genre fans and um, this was the first time I've watched this movie I didn't like it I thought it was really bad I thought I, I genuinely thought it was really bad respect the shit out what they did in terms of marketing but the like i say the the some of the parts don't add up to the hype of the the trailer it's it's a shame because you could have really they could have really went down the road of imagine imagine this movie had started integrating ideas of something like cannibal holocaust into this movie yeah this movie would be arguably one of the most psychologically scarring movies of all time yeah um it doesn't do that though. It doesn't want to do that. It, it wants to play that kind of schlocky, splattery sort of movie tropes and then tag a, a, a gimmick on it saying that, you know, you will see someone die in this movie for real. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it worked for them. It doesn't mean the movie's any good. Well, now, I mean, if the wraparound was good, then you might almost go, oh, okay, like, I'll see what they've done there. Because I didn't, I didn't really, I genuinely didn't know how it was going to play out. I didn't realise that they were going to do this whole like pretend or cut, and then like we, you know, we think oh 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 they're just filming a film, and then we re- I didn't know that that was going to happen. But at least like you've got to make that first hour and fifteen minutes then watchable. So at least like when they do shout cut and you do see the supposed real murder, you're not livid that you've just pissed an hour and fifteen minutes away watching absolute shite that meant nothing because it's nothing to do with the last five minutes. Yeah, uh, it's just so insulting almost. Like they've just gone. It might as well have just gone. Oh, it was all a dream. It might as well have just had somebody wake up and pretend the last hour and fifteen minutes was a dream, because it was. It, it's so irrelevant, isn't it? When none, nothing gets wrapped up. We don't know who anyone was because it doesn't matter. Because it's all about the woman that's going to get killed by the director. Because you've never even seen him before. He's been you know behind the camera for the rest of the movie. So it's a really weird choice to like just intro- give you this hour and fifteen minutes of completely un- unlinked footage mm-hmm. just to see this one woman get killed because she's obviously the actress that will apparently do anything for money won't she so obviously the tightening a little bit there but this whole thing of this like weird telepathic cult leader guy who's got all these women on the go and stuff like nothing comes of that does it it's just no you know just think, oh right thank you cheers then like, I don't really know I mean there's a reason it's 2.8 on IMDB it's a terrible terrible movie like you say the you know the um you know, the idea that they had is brilliant. I am still a bit baffled as to why people believed it because I, like, when I watched that three guys, one hammer, you know, two guys, one hammer clip, yeah. I didn't even think that was real until afterwards. And I went, oh, yeah. fucking hell, that was, oh, God. Like, and then it kind of dawned on me what I'd just seen. But I even thought that was fake and that is actually someone being murdered. So uh, yeah, but like, I think, but I think what, what I'm saying to you is I just think that we're in a different time. I know. Yeah. I, I think it's difficult to. I think it's difficult to try and 
like I said, like the point of this show is to try and put yourself in the mindset of what it was like in the early, you know, first half of the eighties. These movies are coming out. You've never seen anything like them before, and that's how we do our grading. But yeah. like when you've got when you've got right wing media, and you know, fucking probably went home and listened to some Beethoven at night with their, you know, their their tea, which was brought through from their 1950s housewife <laughs> who was dressed in a floral penny, yeah. um, you know, and then and then help little Ralphie do his homework before he went to bed and then sit, put your feet up in front of the fire and smoke your pipe. Um, there's a very good chance that you've never seen anything like this before, that if you've never been exposed to anything like this before, maybe you're susceptible to it. I don't, I don't, Possibly. I genuinely you know, I find don't. it difficult to believe that nobody thought, hang on a minute, this is bullshit. Like, you know, there was, but, but there was people that that was. I, th- I think we've said that before, though. There was people out there, but they didn't have, they didn't have newspapers and you know, a, a media machine behind them to crank that message out. No, I was just been out of the group of people that decided this was one of the most heinous video nasties of all time. I can't believe one person didn't go. Are you sure this is real? Because it, it it looks a bit fake. To me. See, I don't think for one second that anyone in the the uh, BF the BFI uh, or the BBFC yeah. sorry BBFC. I don't think anyone in that organisation thought that this movie was real. No, I just think that the the they deemed the content or the affected psychological trauma from watching said content, i.e. the possibility that someone you know that you might think that someone was murdered making this movie. Yeah. Is probably what spurred it on. I think the actual market of the message is what was twisted by uh, people like Graham Bright um, to, to a message which is completely unrecognisable, which is someone was murdered making this movie, which is just ludicrous. Yeah. Absolutely ludicrous. And um, I've said it before, the guy is a knobhead. He is, he is like a, a complete fucking cunt of the highest order. <laughs> um and he is the he is one of the main reasons that you know the, our country that we live in became so consumed with censorship and the the kind of quote unquote moral high ground um, at a time when if anything we could have been consuming far more media. Um, and looking at these movies for what they are, and it's entertainment. Whether it entertains you or not, it's debatable. Um, but first and foremost, they're for entertainment. So, yeah, I, I was, I, I was actually really disappointed. Like uh, Mike Murphy um, had posted on the page when we announced that Snuff was one of the movies that it was shit. Um, and yeah, I love Mike to bits. But every now and again, me and Mike don't see eye to eye on certain things. Yeah. Um, on certain movie reviews. But the way, I mean, he didn't go into any detail as to why he thought it was shit. He just said it was shit. And I was like that, oh, right, this can't be a good movie. Because, you know, if you can't even muster up the energy to tell you why it's shit, then it's shit. You know what I mean? I mean, if someone asked me what's snuff like, I would say it's shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't sit there and go, it's really bad because the marketing's really, you know what I mean? We're doing that for the benefit of this podcast. Yeah. It's a bad movie. Avoid like the fucking plague. Um, it's just I just can't believe once again I just can't believe that how unlucky we've been I can't wait till next ne- the next show where we're once again spoiled and bathing in riches um, <laughs> yeah totally but is there anything different. else you want to say about this movie Andy? Um, yeah I know not really about the movie I just want to talk about the, the, the power of the media 
nothing. Uh-huh. And the power of suggestion with media. I mean, personally, like sort of over the last year and that, I don't watch telly anymore. Um, I watch shows, obviously, but I don't watch TV. Yeah. Don't read newspapers, not mainstream media. Um, I don't watch the news. I don't. I just. I just remove myself from these situations because I just think like everything's full of propaganda. You can't trust what you're reading when it's mainstream. And this is just another example of just people believe everything they read, and it just really irritates me. So for me, like I personally just I don't read any of it. I don't read stuff because I just think I don't. It, everything's got an angle. Everyone's got an agenda. You know, in the Daily Mail and the Daily Express and all that, and the news that you read, even the BBC. Everything has got some kind of agenda where they're trying to push some kind of angle. And this is just another prime example, like people believing that someone's been killed for real just because newspapers tell them, just because, you know, politicians tell them. And it's just insane, like politicians today are more corrupt than they've ever been, yet people still seem to trust them, people still seem to vote for them. And so I'm going on a bit of a big rant here, but, you know, Graham Bright is an MP. He was yeah. an MP, I don't know if he still is. And people believe these morons and... Yeah, but the I can see where you're coming from, but people, you need to vote for someone. You like government just can't, government can't not exist, because then it becomes a free for all, if you know what I mean. And whilst you could make the case and argument that government basically is a free for all, because uh, everyone in there is promoting their own agenda. Yeah, um, so the false illusion of democracy. There is no democracy. Yeah, there, there is. There, there's, there's never been full democracy for any country. But I think, I, I like, I mean, even down to, I mean, the thing is, like, we're like, even when you see like media and newspapers and agendas and all the rest. I mean, you, it's not that much of a stretch to to look at a show like this. I mean, our show pushes your opinion and my opinion, whether you choose to listen to it or not, it's up to you. But yeah. um, And at times we are completely in sync with our opinions on, on what we think of certain movies. At other times we've been at polar opposites. You know, one us really enjoying a movie and another one just not liking it. Um, yeah, we're not, we're not trying to manipulate anyone, are we, into doing it? Well, I, I, I opened with a line saying, don't watch any of these movies. That in, <laughs> itself, is, that in itself is manipulation. Sorry. I think... As, as, as the power is on you as the listener, the individual, the consumer, the viewer to make your mind up as to what message you want to follow, what thing you want to believe um, and run with it. And yeah, I mean, say, that, that is all well and good, but a lot of people don't, do they? A lot of people don't use critical thinking and make their no. minds up. Most people will just go, oh, well, I read that and that. Most people, their opinion is whatever they read last. If they read one newspaper with one opinion, that's their opinion. If yeah. half an hour later they read a different newspaper with a separate opinion, they'll go, oh, no, no, that one. It just seems that, you know, not many people do have their yeah. opinions on stuff. Most people's opinions are based on other people's opinions, you know what I mean, rather than sitting down and actually thinking, well, what do I really think about this? And I think that's you know what it is with this uh, with this movie. Everybody believed this was a snuff movie. Mm-hmm. That's what's fucking mental. Like, and that's what I kind of don't understand is why nobody out of all the group of people, maybe nobody dared say anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe when everyone else is telling you it's a snuff movie, you'd feel like it's too much of a dickhead to turn around and go, guys, it isn't. Like, what <laughs> what are you talking about? But out of like, you know, the group of people that sat down and agreed that this was meant to be prosecuted. It's the unanimous decision that I can't get my head round. 
You know, I don't know if they just needed a majority vote or they needed a unanimous decision. I'm not sure kind of how the system sort of worked. But I find it really difficult to believe that every single person that watched this went, yeah, that's definitely a real... See, I don't even I don't even think it was a case of everyone watching it. I just think it was a case of one person said, you know, it's it, it was a movie where someone died, you know, during the, the, the filming of... It's, it's real, it's a real movie... And people were like, I just put it on the list. I don't think it. I, I, I think had people actually sat down and like, there's all these people now saying, like on these documentaries, that they've watched the footage. Yet Mary Whitehouse, one of the key pivotal parents, famously didn't. Yeah. Yeah, famously didn't watch any. So I mean, I don't know. It's 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 how you it's how you look at these things. Um, yeah, I think we've spent far too much time talking about a movie which is not worth the time we've just spent but i think it's important that people understand out there because this is this is a heavy hitting name on the list believe yeah, it or not. i mean snuff movie you know it's still yeah. a, it's still one of those things isn't it oh god does snuff movies exist it's still one of those real urban legends you know yeah so this is so it's, it, it probably deserved the, the time pro- we've not given it as much time as we've given some of the other heavy hitters last house i spit in your grave cannibal holocaust for example but i think it's worthwhile looking at um, in terms of kind of an objective view into just general media, which I think we've, we've done, but ultimately the, the conversation doesn't change my opinion on this one. This one is a slap on the wrists, didn't deserve to be in the, the list, and it only gets a slap on the wrist because of the the violence um, shown on screen, of which there's quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, slap on the wrist just because there is, you know, there are some bits in there. It doesn't deserve a case dismissed, but it's obviously going to get the kind of the weakest of the three grades that we mm-hmm. can give it. Um, and I think this is probably the only one of the ones that you know the really famous ones that just should not have been on the list because a lot of the others, like kind of Holocaust Hospital and New Grave, you can totally see why they were. Yeah. And this, considering how kind of infamous this one is. It's baffling as to why this yeah. is on the list. So yeah, I agree with you. In both yeah. accounts, there shouldn't have been on there. Yeah, all the other all the other heavy hitters that we've discussed, maybe they've not made the list, but we've we've sat there and said, yeah, we've oh well, you know, at least, yeah, yeah. There's you know horrific horrific rape scene in the middle of the movie. That's why it made the list. You know, um, is it well executed? Well, it's not well executed, so we wouldn't put it on the list. Or you know, on that sort of thing. This movie just baffles me. I, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't get my head around it. I don't uh, think I ever will, and I'll never watch it again. That's the thing. That's it's been ticked off my list of of video nasties. Uh, it's now firmly in the pile of movies I will never revisit. Yeah, I mean, what I'd suggest if someone is interested in seeing all the fusses about you, literally only need to see the last five minutes. Yeah, that's all you need to see from the moment when they shout "cut," and then thirty seconds later she's being murdered, and about another two and a half minutes after that, the film literally just stops. So, yeah. if you want to see what all the fuss is about, and you kind of think, "Is it really as bad as I'm to say?" Literally, the last five minutes is all you need to see because that's the only reason this is famous. Is that last yeah. five minutes? So, check that out if you're interested. Otherwise. Just take our word for it and uh, kind of don't waste your time. There's a couple of films next week that are well worth watching. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. But until until we can uh, get there, we have to to finish on a. I was going to say a high note, and then I remembered that it was SS Experiment Love Camp. <laughs> um, 
which is our final movie review. I will be leading the charge on this one. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Energy and enthusiasm is waning here, but uh, we're going to take a short break. You're going to hear uh, promos for shows on our lovely network, and then you're also going to hear some uh, learned gentlemen Maybe telling you why they think this movie was banned. I certainly know why it was banned, yeah. um, or I have a theory. Um, but yeah, we're going to discuss that movie right after this. There are many mysteries in this world, and whether you believe or not believe, we gather to explore the strange and unexplained where the paranormal is normal and nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! Exclusively on the Horophilia Network of Podcasts. SS Experiment Camp is one of those films whose cover, rather like that of uh, Driller Killer, and Cannibal Holocaust caused an enormous furore, as, as you can imagine, really, if, if, if you look at the cover. So it's not surprising that SS Experiment Camps was one of the early uh, videos to be prosecuted under the Obscene Publications Act, because, again, the Obscene Publications Act, up until now, had only been used for pornography, for videos and films containing sex, whereas what the director of public prosecutions wanted to do was by bringing these test cases against certain video nasties like SS Experiment Camp, he wanted to see whether violence could be caught under the Obscene Publications Act as well. And it was. Help me, help! Oh, God, let her die! And welcome back. So this is the final movie review of episode number 12 of Doing the Nasty. This one is our final Nazi exploitation, sexploitation, tation, tation, yeah, tation, yeah, that's the echo effect. I'm in a tunnel. Um, <laughs> of the prosecuted list, I kind of hoped that this was going to be the last one overall, and then Andy very kindly jumped on and looked at the rest of the non-prosecuted list and apparently we're not getting away that that easy, Andy. Uh, there's a couple more. Ah, oh, fuck my life. Fuck my life. Um, so yeah, so this one is SS Experiment Camp or SS Experiment Love Camp um, and it has a German or I'm assuming it's like a German or Italian name, which I will not read. I refuse to read that. Um, so this movie is from 1976. I love the short synopsis here on IMDb. It's fucking brilliant. Near the end of World War II, prisoners of war are used in experiments to perfect the Aryan race. Oh, that covers it. That covers everything. Okay, so that's uh, that's today's show then. So next week... <laughs> Um, the, there is a storyline one which which kind of delves a bit more into it so I love this storyline as well because uh, it actually quotes one of the funniest lines in history right. um, so it says this sleazy WW2 
Nazi camp movie, which plays more like a black comedy. I would debate that. I don't think it was funny, apart from that line, which was hilarious. Uh, in this movie, the poor female POWs get raped and groped by all the sundry at the camp. Yeah. And in a music comic twist, the commandant decides he wants to get a new pair of testicles, so uh, removes him from one of the hunky guards. The guard doesn't seem to realise he's been cast in castrated until he goes to boink holy fucking boink really <laughs> boink holy uh, fuck how uh, not know your balls are missing I don't know but one of the French prisoners this provides one of the most amusing scenes where he confronts the commandant and says you bastard what have you done with my balls um, which yeah is genuinely I, I once again cup of tea down the front of my face I think uh, to say got a massive pair of bollocks Yes. <laughs> Some of the biggest testicles I've ever seen. Um, yeah, this this movie's is... No, right. I was going to say this movie is awful and it's the worst Nazi sexploitation movie we've seen. It's not. I think Love Camp 7 was worse than this. Um. Yeah, maybe. Buy I've a got a confession here. to make though, Duncan. I know what your confession is, but you need to tell our listeners. Right. I don't know if anyone's watched the short video clip that I posted up on the page, um, but in case it looked a bit unusual, the film was pretty much playing about double speed, and that's how I watched it. I watched it in double speed, so it only took me 45 minutes to rinse <laughs> through. The, and that's the first time I've done that, and I won't do it again. I feel a bit guilty that I did that. Yeah, you've 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 uh, sullied the good name of this podcast. So, uh, can I ask you though, when you were watching it, did you have the Benny Healthy music in the background? I honestly did, right? And and it's funny because obviously because it was a double speed, all the voices were really squeaky, which yeah. made it even funnier. <laughs> so I enjoyed it watching it at double speed. Obviously, I managed to watch it. You know, basically, I halved the boredom and watched it at twice the speed. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't watch that. You know, to be fair, I, the first half an hour I didn't. I watched the first half an hour normal speed, and then I kind of pissing around just said to Rachel, "Want to fucking speed this up?" And I sped it up a little bit, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then I I watched the last ten minutes in normal speed as well. So I thought I need to know what's going on. I need to know how it finished. Um, and yeah, it's just hilarious. Obviously, he's livid that that guy stole his bollocks, which he, obviously you would be, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, and then just, does he kill him? I think he kills him. Or she kills him. There's a bit of a rampage where kind of uh, these people get their power back and, and, and kill their oppressors. And uh, yeah, that's your lot. I mean, this is the tamest one of them all, isn't it, I think? Yeah, I think the previous one was more, we spoke about, it was more soft corp porn really so there yeah. was like far more graphic nudity and explicit um explicit sort of references to sex this one more kind of explicit towards rape but less in terms of you know it was more implicit when it came to actual content which could be deemed as being overtly offensive depending on who you're speaking to um I'd, I'd like i say i'd mentioned a previous show and edited it out that i think personally the reason this movie was banned is because and the original front cover for it it had a woman um 
tied upside down to a crucifix holding a swastika from her wrist um, which I think is if you're right wing kind of Christian values in the UK in the in the early 80s is offensive on many oh god lives. yeah no I didn't even realise yeah totally I didn't even that kind of that, I missed that yeah obviously that is pretty harsh um, originally she was completely naked you know um, if you go on Wikipedia you'll see a photo of her with like a g-string sort of thong on that's dr- yeah. or, that's drawn on they drew it on yeah um, and when the video was released they also drew a bra on her <laughs> as well um, so yeah you still get the offensiveness of a, a woman hanging upside down on a cross but at least she's not naked um, because apparently nudity is really offensive um, but yeah that's I think probably the only reason it made the list and that as well has probably just been lumped in with all the other exploitation ones yeah and as, yeah, and like I say the, the story is pretty ludicrous I know they're saying that they're playing it for a comedy I think yeah I laughed at certain I reckon, bits, they, I, I reckon they said that afterwards when they realised what kind of film they'd made yeah I think I think, it's, I think it's easy to see that now but I think at a time with like because once again this is not a, a British movie so this is it's an Italian movie that's been translated and maybe the lines are funnier in English than they are in and Italian, yeah, it's probably. yeah, it's, it's just everything about the movies. I mean, it's competently shot, but it's not greatly shot. Um, the acting is awful. Uh, the women are pretty hot. Um, yeah, so the most attractive out of all the ones we've seen. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. But, but, you um, know what? It's the most believable because you know these experiment camps are basically where the German soldiers get to have sex with attractive women, but none of them have really been that attractive. So this is. So it's the most realistic one in that respect, where they have like, genuinely got attractive naked women. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't think most of the sexual activity appears to be consensual. I know there is rape, and you know these women obviously they're against their will, but none of it is particularly rapey. A lot of it, they look like they're enjoying it, which is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of defeats the whole kind of purpose of the experiment camp. I imagine. Um, there's some scenes of surgery. Uh, I don't know if they're real bollocks that are being removed. <laughs> if they're like used like cow bollocks or something because they're pretty big. Um, and like then there's some kind of footage of women isn't there having something removed as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I can't really think of anything else in there that's particularly nasty. Yeah, I am... Um... Yeah, I, I, I really don't have anything else. This is like... Th- this one I had the least in the way of notes to talk about because there just isn't a lot that happens. As as a lot of what we've covered in other movies just done worse. Yeah. You know, it's it's poor, poorly, poorly executed movie. Um, and like I say, you look at that original cover art, that is more likely why it made the list um, and not, not necessarily... For the content, which I imagine, or even at that time, anything that I mean, it's it's become almost kind of cool to have Hitler appear. I mean, watch Kung Fury. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's cool. It's cool for Hitler or Nazis to appear. Yeah. In some capacity, Iron Sky, Dead Snow. You know, it's cool to have them in movies now. I don't think it was necessarily as cool to have them in the seventies. I think they were used a lot in exploitation and grindhouse cinema, yeah. but I don't necessarily. It was, it was think too soon. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah the, the wrong decade. If it'd been made this decade, it would have been fine. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the reason it made the list. Um, where do you come in on a grade for this one? Oh, thing is, um, oh god, I don't even know if, if it is a slap on the wrist. I mean, I've just been looking here. Like, 
British Board of Film Classification uh, basically passed it uncut, uh, noting in about 2004, noting that despite the questionable taste of basing an exploitation film in a concentration camp, the sexual activity itself was consensual, which is what I've just been saying, um, and the level of potentially eroticised violence is sufficiently limited. Um, and yet, you know, out of all the ones we've seen, I mean, to be honest, like this is on the prosecutor list probably because of the front cover. Yeah. I imagine the other Nat exploitation movies that appear on the non-prosecutor list are probably going to be worse than this. Yeah, I, would I think can't so imagine it being any any tamer. any tamer. Yeah, because there's really nothing in this. Even it's not even that rapey, considering it's supposed to be. You know, everything's meant to be rape because these women are kind of there against their will. It doesn't even appear to be that rapey, so I don't even know if I need to dismiss this one because I can't, I can't give it a slap on the wrist for a front cover. But just yeah, but no, you're you're with me a hundred percent. Yeah, to me, it's yes, yeah, case, case dismissed. Right, awesome. Yeah, I'm happy with that then because I, I was kind of thinking I don't know if I missed something is, but now I really racking my brains can't think of any reason I'd even give it a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, so obviously, if we're only gonna if we're gonna dismiss it, then you know, the question of whether it should have been on the list, uh, definitely not. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, a hundred percent. So we're gonna take our final break, Andy. Um, thank you for sticking with us. If you have, <laughs> yeah, um, still there. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to be right back after these messages to close out. Well, Gary, here we are. Somehow uh, we made it through here. What? Where? Uh, we're, we're in the sequel, of course. Sequel? What sequel? Well, Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast. Come on, get with it. Oh, that's right. Our podcast is exclusively about sequels, where the budget is well, bigger. we don't actually have a budget. Get away from her, you bitch! But the action's more exciting? Uh, I don't know much about action. Hey, you got a like? Sure, man. Allow me, scum. The babes are hotter? Wait, there's babes involved? How about some of this? So tasty and hard and firm that it just melts in your mouth. Do the kills get gorier and more extreme? Uh, kills? Did we talk about this? Uh, never mind. So find Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast, exclusively on the Horophilia Network. Because when all other podcasts are through, we're already thinking about part two. And welcome back. So, as Duncan was saying, thank you for sticking with us. I'm sure there's a die-hard few of you left. <laughs> Just to <laughs> really close out the show. Again, as with last week, three really tame movies. Three not particularly very good movies either. Um... None of them should have been on the list. Um, but at least there's light at the end of the tunnel next week, um, which is number 13. Certainly lucky for us to uh, We get to yes. do amazing films. This is going to be the last three of the prosecuted section until we move on to the to the non-prosecuted show. Um, yeah, the non-prosecuted shows. So we've got Tenebrae. Now, not going to particularly say any of these films might necessarily make the list or you know be given a hard time that we're coming up, but at least they're fucking good movies that we've got yeah. coming up next week. At least you're going to enjoy. If you're watching along with us, you, you're in for a treat. Um, we've got Tenebrae, um, obviously Dario Argento movie. Um, mm-hmm. Bit of a shit sandwich, really, because we've got Tenebrae, <laughs> The Werewolf and the Yeti, which, although I haven't seen it, I can't imagine it's going to be any good. But oh, it sounds the premise though. The premise. See when I hear that, I'm hearing werewolf versus yeti. And part <laughs> of me is like, I want to see that fight. Could be amazing. The original Freddy versus Jason. 
Um, and then bookended uh, with my personal Fulci movie favourite. This is, I think, this is, I love it. It's Cannibal, uh, sorry, Zombie Flesh Eaters. Mm-hmm. Got this on Arrow. I don't think I've actually watched it since I've. I've not either. I've I've had it for over a year and I've still to watch it. Oh, the Arrow cut. I've seen the movie, but yeah, of course, I've seen the movie countless times. But I've got the Arrow cut. I've also got the Arrow cut of Tenebrae. I've not watched that yet. So Ooh. so excited. So yeah, it's a shit sandwich. It's two great films and potentially not a great. What but what, 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 what you're basically yeah, saying though is you, never you might be great. <laughs> All you're saying is though um, that you're you're in a position where. You, potentially your favourite Fulci movies there and my favourite Argento movies there. What more can you ask for? So you're going to hear people speaking pretty impassioned about these movies and I, fuck it, we're reviewing them. Well, Ultimately we have to grade them on the nasty scale but... Um, I, I, there's no, there's no. I've said before. I think, I think Tenebrae's a fucking flawless movie. Um, so I'm really looking forward to closing out the prosecuted list, and then going into slightly more mainstream territory when yeah, it comes we to. Yeah, off with I think your favourite forty movie, don't we? For episode yep. fourteen. Yep, the Beyond. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's, it's quite it's quite awesome. Um, so yeah. Uh, did you um, did you say you weren't sure if you were a massive fan of Zombie Flesh Eaters? Um, I have seen Zombie Flesh Eaters several times. Okay. Um, the last time I saw it was quite a while ago, and I have issues with that movie that kind of shunt it down there. I understand its importance for the time. I think the special effects are so mind blowingly ahead of their time. It's unbelievable. I think the story's pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> um, and that's and I think Fulci does that movie, then goes off and does a uh, City of the Living Dead, which I think has a really good story, and then he does a Beyond, which I think has an incredible story. Both of those movies have effects on the same caliber. Yeah. is zombie flesh eaters so that's that's my issue with that I understand like I say understand it's importance I don't hate it I think it's a fucking really good movie I just think Fulci nails it in the following two movies um, but once I say I've not seen it in, in years I could sit back down and watch this because I mean I did the Gates of Hell trilogy for the podcast Under the Stairs yeah. and going into that um, City of the Living Dead was the one that I was never overly fussed on okay. in that series um, but I, Beyond I loved and House by the Cemetery I loved and then I watched all three of them like with a proper critical eye and that completely changed and House became a movie which I thought well, that was alright and City of the Living Dead was rocketed up right beside the Beyond for me and I was like this movie is fucking badass why am I not watching this more um, So, and I've just covered the most recent episode of the podcast Under the Stairs just dropped. Um, that'll be last Monday when this show drops. Uh, covered three of Fulci's Jallo movies, like his early, early Jallo movies mm. from 1969 through to 72. Yeah. So I did reviews of Perversion Story, which is really more a kind of Hitchcockian thriller. Um, uh, Woman and a sorry lizard in a woman's skin, which uh, is a fucking mess of a movie, um, and don't tr- don't torture a duckling, which um, is my second favourite Filchy film after watching it okay. that time. I've not seen it in many many years, but you watch it back and that movie's fucking phenomenal. Um, oh. And if you want to hear me gush ridiculous amounts of semen over that movie, then. <laughs> uh, you you need to check out that show because uh, me Doug and Jeff 
Jeff from Kiss the Goat, which is one of our our uh, brethren on the What a Feel Your podcast, just blow that movie deep, long, and hard <laughs> because it's it is the most unfilchy movie you've ever seen in your entire life. You would not believe Filchy directed it. Okay, cool. I... So I think it's fucking amazing. But yeah, so I mean, I think that th- those are the, the interesting thing about the list moving on is that, like I say, we get through these ones here, then we move, there will be some obscure titles still to come on the non-prosecuted list, mm. um, but for the most part, these are ones that were, you know, that they were seen as being kind of almost on the fringe level, you know, they were seen as being a video nasty, but they're not, they're not, to purists, they're not a video nasty, they're not on that original 39 movie list, they are the ones I was, so they don't, hold as much value between um, collectors as the original yeah. do. So. But we've, um, we've got some good films coming up. I mean, like we say, we've got The, the Beyond, uh, Contamination, Dead and Buried. Um, got some don't movies, don't go in the house, don't go near the park, don't look in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fun House, Inferno, Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue, oh, or Sleeping Corpses Lie, Toolbox Murders. So there's some, there's some stuff that you will have heard of. Yeah, um, definitely. So we're worth tuning in, and there's just some stuff I've never heard of. Um, so yeah, there's but, there's a couple of really obscure ones on the list, which might not necessarily be all that obscure to um, some of our more seasoned listeners. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, if, if doing this episode, um, I equate these three movies that we've just done as to like that scene from the Shawshank, uh, Shawshank Redemption where Tim Robbins has to crawl through the tunnel of shit <laughs> um, except our tunnel of shit was three movies long yeah um, six if you count last week uh, yeah well, I th- last, the thing about last week's was that I whilst I didn't think any of the movies were great I genuinely think Nightmares and a Damaged Brain had things in it that interested me I thought there was there was something off kilter about it yeah. that um, it could have been a really good movie if they just tweaked some things and I think I read this week that that movie is getting a Blu-ray release in the UK mm. and I will be buying it I don't think any of the big the big um, cult uh, distributors are releasing it I think it's maybe just some sort of standalone thing um, but I, I will check it out just because like I say I want there's, I want to hear a bit more about what happened behind that movie because I just found it incredibly fascinating. Yeah. Um, just some of the some of the choices in that movie are really weird. Um, and then we have to, you know, like I say, we bookmarked that episode with two not very good movies and moved into three even worse movies. But finishing off the prosecuted list in strong fashion, um, yeah, I can't wait. Cool. Yes. So um, and this is the, usually the part of the show where we pimper shows and I've kind of already done that <laughs> like yeah. podcast under the stairs it's putting out content just now I've got Filchy has just dropped and the next episode that goes up is a Baz V Horror which will be Baz V um, High Tension and yourself and your lovely wife are coming on very soon yeah, uh, to wait. do a fucking amazing double bill of Italian horror cinema oh my god yeah this is going to be a love fest <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're doing a 1987 Stage Fright Aquarius um, and doubling that up with uh, a certain little movie called Demons. Yes. Oh my god. Holy shit. Be... She's a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big Bobby, Bobby Rhodes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're going to be doing that. So, uh, if you want to hear more of uh, 
myself and Andy on a show together, then you can listen to that one. Andy has a show as well, the Big Horror and Little Podcast, exclusively on Legion Podcast Network. Um, you're about to go away on holiday. Is it too much to ask that there'll be an episode before you go? Yeah. Right, that's <laughs> fine. That's, honesty is the best policy, Andy. That's what I found. Yeah, it is true. But we are planning on some when we get back. Um, just don't know when it's going to come out. But yeah, if you want to hear me and Rach, then... Uh, We'll be doing that awesome review with Duncan in the near future. So you can catch us on there and uh, we'll keep you posted as to when a new episode is going to drop. Fantastic. So, Andy, if you would like to say goodbye to our listeners, please. Bye, listeners. Thanks for hanging in there with this one. Yeah. um, And uh, until I speak to you again uh, with my good friend Andy, which will be sooner than you think, uh, please take care of yourselves out there. Bye, everyone. Bye. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen a video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.